find ourselves in the front line of a war that most of the body of Christ does not know how to fight and uh, doesn't even know that there is a war. And yet, as a ministry, we find ourselves on the front line of it along with others. Uh, the time frame that we are in now is the time of the unknowns, those who have been unknown, those who had more to say than those who had stuff to say. But we weren't just allowed to say it because God has a specific time for you to do things and say things. And one of the reasons why many find themselves uh, ill-prepared for what's upon us is you heard me make the statement that most of the body of Christ has been prepared to go to church, not to war. And the problem with that is, is that we find ourselves not any longer in a godless nation, but now we find ourselves in a nation that hates God. It's a vast difference. A nation that is godless is people that they still believe in God, but they're doing their own thing. But now we find ourselves in a country that wants to destroy God and his people. That is a different war altogether. And so uh, uh, last night, I, uh, I don't know if I call it an attempt on my life or what. I don't know what I call it. Everybody say attempt. So had a visitor from the dark side last night. And uh, I was feeling weird last night, and I was telling my wife, man, we got to get ourselves together. How many of you been feeling like that? You got to get yourself together. You know, and it was just, I was like, I was like, look at this. And we have a large bedroom, and I was like, look at all of my stuff just in disarray. My life is in disarray. And, 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 and my wife said something, and it just clicked. You know, how many of you, you know, you, you're working so hard, you have not realized that you have torn up your own bedroom or house? And so I was already feeling that way, and I haven't been working out. I'm trying to get back to the keto and work. I mean, I'm just feeling, I'm just down on myself. And, and my wife says, she said, well, you know what? She said, when you feel like that, she says, you just got to look at the room and just start with one piece at a time. And when she said that, I just start doing one piece at a time. And I was actually talking to myself out loud in front of her, just one piece at a time, one piece at a time. And it's amazing how when you start doing one piece at a time, you start seeing the whole and so, and then, you know, there are times when um, I'm sure the anointing comes upon us different ways. I know sometimes I see women do like that. They can feel it in their hands. I didn't know what that was back in the day, so I used to make fun of it. Um, I know for me, it feels like uh, someone is pouring like warm oil on the back of my head. I can feel, you know, that's what it feels like when the anointing comes upon me. And, you know, it comes up on me in the service. Sometimes it, it will, sometimes what I feel is not oil, it's fire. I get surcharged. They surcharge me to do something or to say something to have an effect on, on the word. Um, and there have been times I've been out in public and I could feel it coming up on me and I don't know what's going on. I just, I just know that there's something being poured on me. I don't know if it's because someone is praying for me or not, but I was, I was, I was leaning across the bed and, and I noticed that that began to happen. Then I was like, that's weird. I said, okay, well, maybe somebody just praying for me or something. And I found it strange for me to be receiving the anointing before I go to bed. You know what I mean by receiving the anointing? That feeling that comes with when God has turned something up. Could be on all the time. I don't know. You just feel it. 
And so, uh, nevertheless, I felt it. And then uh, my wife and I were just tired yesterday. So, you know, she went off to sleep. And then I just leaned over and I went to sleep. And so, I don't know how to exp- I only don't know how to explain it this way. So, I went off to sleep. And, you know, the Bible says that God neither sleeps nor slumbers. And you're a spirit, which means the real you neither sleeps nor slumbers. That's the reason why you can have a dream. Because you're actually awake at all times. It is your body that goes to sleep. And your body is actually in a mild coma. And when you dream, it's actually also um, paralyzed. Otherwise, when you're dreaming, your mind thinks it's real and your body would try to react out everything in the dream. So whenever your body is asleep, you're actually paralyzed in a mild coma at the same time. Otherwise, you would act out the dream. And so, so, so I'm only going to explain how I felt. So what I felt was, so like my body is asleep getting rest and like maybe my spirit is at a dormant state which is not necessarily true but I'm just telling you how I felt so so about 1 30 I guess 2 o'clock in the morning I don't know it's like my spirit awakened to while my body was still asleep and 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 I was awakened by a noise most of you saw the movie Black Panther and you remember near no no it wasn't black it was Black Panther but in the the movie the Avengers and they had that blue force field and those people from the dark side, they, they were fooling around with the force field because they're like, oh, wow, you can't get through this. You got to almost like force your way through it. And if you remember that scene, she was using her sword and, and the Avengers walked up and there was a barrier between both. And it was making that bzzz, that bzzz sound. And so my, I'll call it this, my spirit was awakened by a general of darkness over me trying to push his hands through a force field that was over me. And, and, um, and you know, you, it's hard to explain seeing something without seeing it because I can't, it's like I'm looking, I don't know what I was looking at. All I know is there's a great general from the dark side and, um, and he's over me and his hands are trying to come through this thing but he can't, and that, I can't even make the sound of it, it's like, but, but, and, and because I can see him, I'm trying to wake myself up, so, how many know you get in the flesh sometimes, so I can swing on him, (laughs) I'm trying, you know, you've been there, you know, you, when you're trying to, how many have been there, you're trying to wake your body, you are trying to force your body awake, you're trying to force it. So I'm sitting there, and I'm seeing this. He's trying to get his hands in, but he can't get past that force field. And I'm hearing that old crazy sound, you know. And then I finally woke myself up like that. Dead peace. You know, because it was a different dimension. And I woke up to all of the dogs in the neighborhood barking. And so uh, Bob Jones, I'll do a positive one. Bob Jones said that uh, when higher-ranking people come from heaven... He could always tell, he said, because the heavens would stir in that area. Well, the same thing. You get higher ranking officials from the dark side. And I don't know exactly what's going on, but things will stir in that area. And how many know the animals pick it up? How many know you, you know, if you if you walking through the wilderness and you see all of the deer running in that direction, you might want to run with them. We've seen all of these apocalyptic type movie, cataclysmic type movies, and the animals got it first. You see the giraffes and the bunny rabbits and the lions, they all running this way, the birds, ah, they want us, ah, and we were like, what's going on? But them dogs in that neighborhood wasn't having it. They was like, 
and and I mean and if if you've been around dogs, you can tell the tone in a dog's voice what they're barking at. You can tell if it's an animal or if it's something else, and you can tell that the way that they were barking. I don't know. If, I don't know how intelligent animals are, but it was that. And then, but I was fine. It was nothing to be nervous about. It was no fear, no whatsoever. It was just like it was just an, a normal peace, like after a storm in the room. And um, and there are some. I'm not saying I'm 100 percent right, but you you could your spirit can kind of look into things a little bit and kind of ascertain and kind of pick up a little bit that um, that they they come to investigate. You see this in the movies all the time. They come to test. They come to investigate. The, you know, is it true that he has that type of force field around him? They have to come and investigate to see is there a way for us to get to this man and get to others and and so uh, I mean, you know we living in a crazy time. And I like that type of stuff, you know. So my um got up and then my wife awakened. She didn't know what was going on and because I was just laying there in the bed for some reason she woke up. I was just laying there. And then she said, Are You okay? And I said, I said, Yeah, I said I just had a it's funny how we talk about these things like it ain't nothing. I said, Yeah, we I had a general general of darkness that um visited me a few minutes ago. She's like, Oh, okay, you okay? <laughs> I was like, Yeah. You know, but then she she put her hand on me, and we eventually drifted off to sleep. But her hand was warm, and I woke up the next morning, like refreshed, like I had been asleep for three days. These things are very mysterious. You can't figure this stuff out, you know. But imagine what's working against you if you don't live right. You can't understand it when you're living right. What you gonna do when you're not? And so, uh, and then I. I I woke up to the Lord. It's almost like the enemy woke me up with that foolishness, and then God woke me up this morning, and I'm waking up listening to him tell me what to minister. And so I'm just laying there trying to put all of this together. And I was like, you all right? I was like, yes, I'm all right, I'm all right. Okay, so um, well, let's just read this. I'm sorry. I, uh, you know, I'm, I've been talking to my wife here lately, and I've been doing a lot of thinking. Um, you know, I know I paid a price to to do what it is that I'm doing, but at this point, things come together. And you're like, no, I didn't pay no price for this. I didn't pay no price. And the only thing I can suspect is, yeah, you have to be clean, you have to be holy, and yes, I had to pay major tests for humility and stuff. The only thing I can suspect is uh, Matthew chapter 25, verse 29. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. I know that's one. It's got to be several different reasons. And the reason I say that is, is that I don't understand how we ended up at the front line of knowing most of what the planet does not know. I don't understand that. And it's in some ways, it's scary, but not the way that you think. It's just, oh, wow. You know, and and, uh, you know, I'm definitely going to encourage you to. Uh, um, it's OK if you haven't got who has. Who has started reading the book, The Harbinger Part 2? 
He's almost finished. Yeah, that's that's a killer right there. That's that right there is some mess. <laughs> okay, that. And so uh, I found myself in the middle of it, and and you know, if you haven't gotten a book, there's no way for us to really explain to you what's in the book. You know, Randall. I think Randall was about to. Randall and I finished the book at the same time, so we were corresponding back and forth and. I don't think he'll mind something that he shared with me, which I agree. And he said, "Is he said it's scary." One thing he said is, he said, "It's scary to see how the Lord was directing Lionheart Church right in in the middle of that before we even knew about what's going to happen this month." You know, it just so happened that we did this month, and I moved things around. It just so happened that we did this month a month of holiness and consecration. And. And when you find out what this month is all about, you're going to be like, oh, yeah, that was definitely Lord. And then we're doing a fast right in the middle of two Jewish holidays. I didn't even know we had two Jewish holidays this month. And, and how all of this is coinciding with a program that the Lord is doing. And this is what I mean by um, there, there are prices that I have paid and there are prices that others have paid. And there are prices that we're all paying. I know for a fact that the people that are consistently on the early morning prayer call, not only just the ones from 6 to 7, but also the ones that go after 7 and keep on praying. I, I know that's one of the main reasons why we find ourselves in the perfect will of God by mistake. You know, I, you, know you, just, you do something simply, you're just in the perfect will because, because the prayers are paving the direction for the ministry. The ministry can't get off track because there's too much prayer keeping it on the right road. Okay. So I encourage you to get that book without me going into the detail because there's no worse to explain. But Randall said something that was very, very key. He said, he said, even in our midst, he said, the unfortunate thing is, is even in our midst, there will be people who said, he said that they just simply won't do what's necessary to read. And then the Holy Spirit said something to me that was very sobering. He said, yes, even in your midst, he said, there are those who have not read 10% of what you have suggested them to read. He said, and soon they will be dropped off because their mentality will not be able to keep up. You read something that rewires your mind and then God can make deposits. And if you're not careful, you'll find yourself questioning me when actually you can't keep up. It's like a tortoise trying to figure out why a bunny rabbit is running so fast. If you had read the same books, you could outrun the bunny rabbit. So, but that is what it is. It just is. You know, the Bible says that there'll be many that would. You know, it's a different if you can't afford something. And after case, let us know. We'll get the book for you. You know, and it is more of a, I don't know if it was, it's not, never mind. Y'all better be reading in these last days. So, Ecclesiastes 1, 9 through 11. I'm just taking my time, shorting my stuff, so. <clears throat> Y'all like our new podium is streamlining. Coming up. Had to order this sucker from Australia. It's the pool. This is the same one that an Elevation Church and uh, Hillsong use. So uh, that had nothing to do with it. I just thought it was looking cool and, you know, trying to look more professional. And my wife is going to appreciate it because it's lower. Ecclesiastes 1, 9 through 11. History merely repeats itself. It has all been done before. Nothing under the sun is truly new. Sometimes people say here is something new, but actually it's old. 
Nothing is ever truly new, even the small things. We just don't remember what happened in the past, and in future generations, no one will remember what we are doing right now. Now, you know, we tend to, that scripture alone, we're now finding we didn't have hardly any revelation just on that scripture. Because when you read the Harbinger, you're then seeing, man, all of this stuff is repeating. It's, that's a very scary thing to see that the United States is repeating what ancient Israel did with all of the things. And y'all got to the plague yet? When you get to the plague, that's when you're going to be like, I just want to make sure I'm going to accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior one more time. Because, right? Let me read this statement to you. I think they have it up here as a graphic. Because this is very important. When judgment came to ancient Israel, the destruction and calamity touched not only the unrighteous, but also the righteous. It even extended to the surrounding nations. It even touched the prophets. But why? Because perfect judgment does not belong to this world, but the next. And thus the striking down or sparing of any individual in the midst of such calamities did not in and of itself signify that the victim was in any way more or less guilty than anyone else because the calamity was not centered on the individual. It was the judgment of a civilization, a judgment on culture, a corporate judgment, not individual. Corporate judgments are the most dangerous. I guess I shouldn't say it that way, but individual judgment is you about to reap what you sow. Corporate judgment is when the nation reaps what it sows. And it's coming, and the only way it can be stopped is if the ones who didn't sow it ask God to stop it. Because it's coming. And in most cases, you won't stop it. It will just be delayed because the individuals who brought it didn't repent. So God says, all right, I'm going to hold this back. But that cup is still being poured, y'all. You should do a study. I'm going to do that maybe one time, a Bible study on cups. How much the Bible talks about cups, about how the cup of righteousness can be filled. The Bible talks about how the cup of prosperity can be filled. But there's a scripture that says, when the clouds become full of water, that's when it will rain. But you should really study something called the cup of wrath, where there's this great big cup in the spiritual realm. And everyone that commits sins adds to that cup. And it is only the prayers of the righteous, righteous that will drain some of the fluid out of that cup. But the prayers of the righteous can't keep up with the sins of the wicked. So the cup is constantly being filled. And unfortunately, when it gets to the brim, that's when God says, okay, we got to pour this out on planet Earth because we can't pour it out on planet heaven. <laughs> and that's what's coming. And... Unfortunately, I'm going to probably do this on purpose on Saturday to make it a message for the community. But how many know the Bible says judgment begins at the house of God? Okay. Well, this is one of the ways that it's going to look like is that the majority, a large part of the body of Christ has rejected the gospel. They haven't rejected Jesus, but Jesus told you to do all of these other things. Now, so a large majority of the leadership in the body of Christ has rejected the very tools that they needed to survive today. So 
the Bible, Jesus said when it came to demons and deliverance, he said, in the last days, you will deal with the more wicked and violent type, and it will be a more proximity. When it came to dreams and visions, dreams and visions are the hallmark of the last days. You take dreams and visions out the Bible, and there will not be one. How I many you know we're real big? And, and we're not talking about you just do a lesson on dreams. I'm talking about this is interwoven. How many of you know dreams is interwoven into every single thing that we do and every single ministry, everything? Okay? So you got deliverance, you got dreams, you got the prophetic, you got the Bible says, believe the prophets and you shall prosper. But they don't believe in prophets. I mean, no, we have believed our prophets and we ain't sure enough prospered. And we ain't talking about prosperity as money. We're talking about, talking about you will do well. You will be a success because prophets are the mouthpiece of God to the community. Okay? So what happens is, is that you reject number one, you reject number two. If you just reject one, you have cut yourself off from getting certain things that cause you to win in a battle. So now they cut off dreams that you can't go hardly find any place to cast out demons. They cut off dreams. They cut off inner healing. They cut off casting out demons. Most people don't even like the prophetic. They only, they don't definitely celebrate it. They may tolerate it at the most. Definitely don't have any prophets because they think that's Old Testament. You cut off all of that type of stuff. Now you find yourself as a church being moved to the back of the line because you're about to kill yourself. Because you have no ability to hear because whatever you reject when it comes to the word, they are not going to send it another way. You don't like dreams? Fine. We'll make sure that your next answer comes through one. And that's why the church is being judged right now. That's why the church looks like the world. Because she only has the equipment that the world gives, the flesh. Yet the Bible says we are a peculiar people. If we are peculiar people, that means some of the stuff that we are going to do is going to look strange and peculiar to normal folk. So, but again, and so now what they find themselves in is a war that is abnormal. And they don't have the weapons. And so all of these years they were supposed to be training in those weapons. And now that the war is upon us, they think we crazy. Well, you're going to find out what crazy is in a second. So here... This is the problem with corporate judgment, is that when corporate judgment comes, guess what? When corporate judgment came, the prophet who called the corporate famine had to go hide by a lake. You would think God put you up in a mansion. Mm-mm. So it's very, very dangerous. So let's go look, just look at these three. Let's look at judgment upon the individual because we are in a much more serious moment than you can think. I'm going to throw this in here now for some reason. I'm not supposed to share this till weekend, I thought, but I'm going to just share it in here. Excuse me. Whenever Israel, God judged Israel several different ways. One of the ways he would judge Israel was through a enemy country. You see that over and over and over again, over and over and over again. Israel, even though they were the chosen people of God, another nation would come and destroy them. And so I'm all these, I'm like, mm -mm, it's not going to happen. United States, no, no. I have been wondering you all why all over the news they just kept on saying China's a threat, China's a threat, China's a threat, China's a threat, China's a threat. 
And then I was wondering why Donald Trump was saying, we're pulling back from China. 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 Because I haven't been paying attention to the news that much. I did not know that the president of China and his officials are now publicly saying that they have a mandate from heaven to take over the world. So when you see all of the stuff in the news about pulling back from China, pulling back from China, they said, we're not, we're not interested in being in a competition. We're interested in taking over. Their Navy is now bigger than ours. And their Air Force is now beginning to make ours kind of pale. They doubled their nuclear stockpile. And the reason why I bring that up is, is because we've had people that have had visions and dreams about us being attacked by China. And But you know what people are going to say? No, bro, this is the United States. No matter how many United States you got when your shield is down. The enemy is a master at strengthening himself under your nose. Again, you would have never thought 9-11 would have happened. <laughs> and when judgment is coming against you, you don't even know that you're making a mistake. Because you'll be blind. And your pride blinds you. Your wickedness blinds you. And the enemy, and it's deep because in the Old Testament, it says God would allow the nation to destroy Israel. And then he would turn right around and destroy the nation that he used to destroy Israel. In other words, oh, I didn't, don't get it twisted. I didn't like you. I was just using you to teach my people a lesson. That's crazy. Isaiah 38, 1 through 6. About the time Hezekiah became deathly ill and the prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, went to visit him. He gave the king this message. This is what the Lord says. Set your affairs in order, for you are going to die. This is an individual judgment. You will not recover from this illness. How many know that's a strong word from God? That's from a prophet that you're supposed to be believing. Thus saith the Lord, set your house in order. You will not recover. It is over. You are going to die. When Hezekiah heard this, he turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord. Remember, O Lord, how I have always been faithful to you and have served you single-mindedly, always doing what pleases you. Then he broke down and wept bitterly. Then this message came to Isaiah from the Lord. Go back, tell Hezekiah and tell him, this is what the Lord, the Lord, the God of your ancestor David says. I heard your prayer. I've seen your tears. I will add 15 years to your life. <laughs> and I will rescue you and this city from the king of Assyria. Yes, I will defend the city. That was a judgment that was coming against an individual. But it was only a man of holiness and character that could put that in check. He's, he had to go to God and remind him, you do realize who I am in this planet, right? I mean, you got you to remember, not too many people are going to be bold enough to try to check God. Uh, you made a mistake concerning me. And God says, okay, we're not going to cancel it. We're just going to delay it. <laughs> so that's the individual judgment. Okay? Let's look upon them because I have three. Let's look at a judgment upon a nation that repented. Most of you know the story of Jonah. He was swallowed by the whale. In John 1, uh, verse 2, get up. This is God giving him an instruction. Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh. Announce my judgment against it because I have seen how wicked its people are. But Jonah got up and went in the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. That's what happens. 
He went down to the port of Joppa where he found a ship leaving for Tarshish. He brought a he bought a ticket and went on board, hoping to escape from the Lord by sailing to Tarshish. And you remember what happened if you read Jonah chapter one, two, or three is only three chapters in that book. And in chapter two it says he got in a boat. No, that was chapter one. He got in a boat with the rest of the crew, and it says God brought a storm. And it was interesting that every single man <laughs> That was on the ship was troubled except for the one that brought the trouble. It says that when all of this trouble started, they needed to interview everybody. They said they were all in fear and they went and found Jonah. He was sleeping. That's how it is. The person that brings the trouble is the one that's at peace. Okay. And you know the story. They, they, they did something what they called casting lots that lot fell upon Jonah because they want to find out. Apparently, this was the type of storm that they knew this got to be somebody on this boat. This is a different type of situation here. <laughs> and it fell on Jonah. He told him, well, you're going to have to throw me overboard for this storm to stop. It's crazy. And of he was swallowed by the whale. Jonah chapter 2 is, the, is Jonah repenting while he in the belly of the whale. So we're going to pick up in Jonah chapter 3 because after he got through repenting, it says the whale took him to the shore and spit him out. Jonah chapter 3 verse 1, then the Lord spoke to Jonah a second time. Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh, deliver the message I've given you. This time Jonah obeyed the Lord's command and went to Nineveh, a city so large it took three days to see it all. On the day Jonah entered the city, he shouted to the crowds, 40 days from now Nineveh will be destroyed. The people of Nineveh believed God's message. And from the greatest to the least, this is strange and rare, they declared a fast and put on burlap to show their sorrow. When the king of Nineveh heard what Jonah was saying, he stepped down from his throne, took off his royal robes, dressed himself in burlap, and sat on a heap of ashes. Then the king and his nobles sent this decree throughout the city. No one, not even the animals from your herds and flocks, may eat or drink anything. He put everybody on the fast. Goldfish can't even have their food. Nobody. Cats can't have no milk. Dogs can't have no. Nope. Nope. Grasshoppers can't even eat no leaves. Nobody can. How many of you know that man was serious? People and animals alike must wear garments of mourning. He he even going to put special garments on the animals. That man was serious. And everyone must pray earnestly to God, including animals. They must turn from their evil ways and stop all their violence. Who can tell? Perhaps even yet God will change his mind and hold back his fierce anger from destroying us. And when God saw what they had done and how they had put a stop to their evil ways, he changed his mind and did not carry out the destruction he had threatened. It's amazing stuff in the Bible about the connection between men and righteousness and men and wickedness. So that was a judgment that came against the entire city. But because the entire city repented, God says, okay, I'm going to stop it. Because all of y'all apparently are very, very serious. And the sad part is Jonah got upset. When you read the rest of the story, he had a bad attitude because apparently he wanted the people to go to hell. That's crazy in and of itself. Fool, you just got swallowed by a whale. So now let's look about judgment upon a nation that would not repent. Now this is where we find ourselves at in the United States. So the Lord told Abraham, 
I've heard a great outcry from Sodom and Gomorrah because their sin is so flagrant. Sodom and Gomorrah was a place where every man and boy was homosexual in the city. Okay. And um, I can't remember if it's Isaiah or Jeremiah. And Isaiah Jeremiah says that the sin of Sodom was not homosexuality, even though it was a sin. It says the sin of Sodom was pride. So it's not a coincidence that they march under that banner. It's also, they march under the very banner and reason the scripture says Sodom was destroyed. And then uh, the, uh, the, the, the thing that they use is the promise that God used that he would not judge the world over gross sin like that, that particular way. That's just Satan trying to make a mockery of God. I'm going to take the rainbow and I'm going to take pride. I'm going to create a group of people that's basically going to you know, whatever. So in verse 21, he's, he said, I'm going down to see if their actions are as wicked as I have heard. If not, I want to know. Whenever the Lord does that, he sends angels. I told you about the group of angels that went to some part in Australia where there's some wickedness going on. And these were the, this was a few years ago. These were the same two angels that were in Sodom and Gomorrah. And, and the person that was in heaven said that they were given a report to a council. Abraham, Elijah, all of them went at a table up there. And they were given a report. And and, and, they, and as they were given a report about the wickedness that was being done to the children through kidnapping in Australia. And Elijah, he said, with fire in his eyes, he's watching this in a vision. He said, Elijah stood up at the table in heaven. It's called the council of heaven. Elijah stood up and said, what is the church doing? And the angel reported, unfortunately, they are the ones that are doing it. And the last command was destroy them. The church shut them down close them down forever told you all these churches closing it's not the devil it's because they've been acting like him so he said I'm gonna go down there and see if their sin is as crazy as I think it is in verse 21 I'm going down to see if their actions are as wicked as I've heard if not I want to know the other men turned and headed towards Sodom but the Lord remained with Abraham uh, Abraham approached him and said Will you sweep away both the righteous and the wicked? Now, here's the intercession. Here's the legal bantering going back and forth. Lord, I know you're about to do this, but can I bargain with you to hold this back or stop it if this exists over here? Now, when you're praying in tongues, that's what's going on with me and I'm around the planet. He said, suppose you find 50 righteous people living in there. Would you still sweep it away and not spare it for their sakes? Surely you wouldn't do such a thing, destroying the righteous along with the wicked why you would be treating the righteous and the wicked exactly the same. Surely you wouldn't do that. Should not the judge of all the earth do what is right? And the Lord replied, now, now what's interesting is the Lord didn't say, you're right. If there are any righteous people there, then I'll stop. He said, no, I'm going to only stick with the command you ask. If it's 50. <laughs> then in verse 27, he said, uh, verse 26, if I find 50 righteous, I'll spare the entire city. So Abraham had to whittle God down because God is specific. Abraham spoke again. Since I have a gun, let me speak further to my Lord, even though I'm, I'm, I'm but dust and ashes. Suppose there are only 45 righteous people there. Will you destroy the whole city for a lack of five? The Lord said, I will not destroy it if I find 45 righteous people there. They might have the New Living Translation up. Am I reading the same thing that y'all are reading? Then Abraham pressed his request further. Suppose there's only 40. 
And the Lord said, I won't destroy it for the sake of 40. Please don't be angry, Lord. Abraham pleaded, let me speak. Suppose it's only 30 people. And the Lord replied, I will not destroy it if I find 30. Abraham got to be a specific man. The Lord didn't say, if there are any righteous there, I won't destroy it. He's like, I'm going to stop where you stop. It's crazy. Abraham said in verse 31, since I have dared to speak to the Lord, let me continue. Suppose there are only 20. He said, I won't destroy it for the sake of 20. Finally, Abraham said, Lord, please don't get angry with me if I speak one more time. Suppose it's only 10. And the Lord replied, then I will not destroy it for the sake of the 10. And when the Lord had finished his conversation with Abraham, he went on his way and Abraham went on his way. Let's see how this ended. Genesis chapter 19, verse 15. Now, you know, here now God is getting ready to bring it. So the angels got to go to Lot. Now, now, let me give you all a side story for a moment. This just popped up. If any of you notice something, how many of you notice that Abraham never brought up Lot's name? Because he's trying to be vague with God. Because he knew he had disobeyed God with bringing Lot on the trip in the first place. So he planned this little game. God told him to leave everybody. He said, mm, but he brought Lot. And he had already, and Lot got kidnapped. He had already had to go rescue Lot one time with his 300. So, so that's what happens when you got somebody you're not supposed to have. You got this drama. Okay. And so now we're in the midst of a situation that is cataclysmic. And God has told Abraham, hey, I'm getting ready to destroy the city. I'm just letting you know because you're my friend. So you live on the other side of the plane. So when you see all of this uh, uh, hell and brimstone, don't get scared. It's me killing them people. That's why he told them. And then I remember, ooh, my nephew, who I was never supposed to bring, is over in that place. But he's too scared to bring it up to God because, you know, it's hard to pray to God correctly when you're bringing up your disobedience. So I'm going to be vague. Well, you know, watch this. I'm only concerned about one. But that one represents my disobedience. So I'm going to pretend like it might be 50. And because I... So this is what's going on. So at dawn the next morning, the angels came insistent. Hurry, they said to Lot. Take your wife and your two daughters who are here. Get out right now. You'll be swept away in the destruction of the city. Lot hesitated. Here he go. The angel seized his hand in the hands of his wife and two daughters and rushed them to safety outside the city for the Lord was merciful. See, the only reason why they got saved was because of the Lord's mercy, not because of necessarily Abraham's request. Okay, you will find here in a moment that he gave Abram his request because of mercy. And when they were safely outside the city, one of the angels ordered, run for your lives and don't look back or stop anywhere in the valley. Escape to the mountains or you'll be swept away. Oh, no, my Lord, Lot begged. You have been so gracious to me and saved my family, saved my life. You have shown great kindness. I cannot go to the mountains. Disaster would catch me there and I would soon die. See, there's a small village nearby. Please let me go there instead. Don't you see how small it is? Then my life will be saved. All right, the angel said, I'll grant your request. I will not destroy the little village. So now this is even crazier. So the village is now saved because of the request of another righteous man. 
but hurry, escape to it, because I can do nothing until you arrive there. Man, how many of you know God is going to hold back judgment for you until you, man, we got to blow that Walmart up, but Ophir is still on aisle seven buying something. Wait, just wait, wait, wait till they got the car. It's the type of God you serve. A whole, we're going to, all of this energy is going to be held back. This city is about to be brought down to the ground, but one of my sons are there. So don't touch the oil and the wine. Hurry in verse 22, escape to it because I can do nothing until you arrive there. This explains why that village was known as Zor, which means little place. Lot reached the village just as the sun was rising over the horizon. Then the Lord rained down fire and brimstone from the sky on Sodom and Gomorrah. He utterly destroyed them along with the other cities and villages of the plain, wiping out all the people, including every bit of vegetation. With corporate judgment, God doesn't really spare. He just throws a grenade into the planet. And when it hits, where you have been in the past will determine what happens to you. If you are a person of faith, then that becomes a shield for you. If you're a person that you've been half-stepping, then your shield is down and your equation and lot ends up being with the wicked. Corporate judgment is a very dangerous thing because with corporate judgment, this is what God does. The folk who have been rolling with me correctly, I will reveal to them in advance what I'm going to do so that they can prepare. The ones who have rejected certain areas of the word who don't have the ability to hear, that's your problem for not obeying the word. And I'm going to tell everybody what to do because when I throw this grenade, that's corporate judgment. And I'm going to tell you what to do so that the grenade doesn't touch you. And what I'm going to do is before I send the grenade, I'm going to send warning shots like COVID-19. I'm going to send other warning shots like, did y'all know that there's two asteroids passing through the planet right past us? (laughs) And one is happening the day before the election. Now, the reason that it's a problem is they missed the one that was the size of the pickup truck moving 22,000 miles an hour. They said, we missed that one. We didn't see that one until until it went past the planet. How you not see something the size of the pickup truck moving 22,000 miles an hour and you got the most sophisticated radar in the world that can see a helicopter? But again, in Revelation, it talks about things that would hit the planet from outer space and it would say, oh, it destroyed a third of everything that was in the sea. I'm going to give you a side note. It could be my inability to believe what I'm reading, but I'm honestly, I had a discussion with my wife last night. I'm trying to figure out, because you got to remember, this man is in a vision. So what he saw coming to the planet, did it kill, because he talks about one thing that happened, and it killed a third of the fish in the sea. And a third of the water in the sea turned to blood. It said it killed a third of the ships in the sea. He said something else happened. And it said it burned up a third of the grass and the trees. So my question is, is that when he saw the vision, was he looking at planet Earth or was he looking at a particular area? You understand what I'm saying? So I guess we'll find out when we in heaven looking at it with our Holy Ghost binoculars. 
Oh, I didn't know you meant the whole planet, Jesus. I was totally confused on that. <laughs> yeah, you're not, that's my new thing in my household. You're not getting me Satan. Hey, what verse I'm in? Hey, so he only destroyed it, everything. In verse 26, but there is always one that can't follow instructions. The wife looked back as she was following behind him. She turned into a pillar of salt. Abraham got up early that morning and hurried out to the place where he had stood in the Lord's presence. He looked out across the plain towards Sodom and Gomorrah and watched as columns of smoke rose from the cities like smoke from a furnace. But God had listened to Abraham's request and kept Lot safe, removing him from the disaster that engulfed the cities of the plain. I don't remember Abraham asking nothing about Lot, do y'all? See, when God executes his mercy, he knows you're playing a game. He just gives you what you're really asking for in your heart. Son, stand still upon Gibeon until we finish killing his people, said Joshua. Son doesn't move. The planet turns. So there are many prayers that God, he doesn't answer your words. He answers your heart. And this was an example here. You just read it. Abraham did not bring up Lot's name one single time, but it said God had mercy on Abraham and delivered Lot based on his request. We didn't hear the request because when he was talking about 50 in his heart, he was asking about Lot. Y'all got that. Okay. So we're going to close with this. Y'all ready to play that video for me? We're going to play this video. I, well, actually, you know what? Bree showed, I'm going to show these two graphics first. Um, so we're going to do this fast, and we're going to be doing this next fast in between um, Rosh Hashanah. Um, and the first graphic says Rosh Hashanah 2020 will begin the evening of Friday, September 18th, and ends the evening of Sunday, September 20th. In case you don't know what that is, it's the celebration of the Jewish New Year. It is the first of what we call the High Holy, High Holidays or High Holy Days. A 10-day period that ends with Yom Kippur, the holiest day of the Jewish year. On Rosh Hashanah, Jews from all over the world celebrate God's creation of the world. Okay, well, we'll be starting the fast with that. And during the fast... And we will be doing the fast in the week leading up to the next one, which is Yom Kippur 2020, which will begin the evening of Sunday, September 27th, and ends in the evening of Monday, September 28th. Yom Kippur, celebrated based on Luke Leviticus 16.29, which mandates establishment of this holy day on the 10th day of the seventh month as the day of atonement for sins. It calls... If the Sabbath of Sabbaths and a day upon which one must afflict one's soul, Leviticus 23:27 declares that Yom Kippur is a strict day of rest. Okay? So those are two major holidays, the beginning of the new year, and then that next one, about a week later, is the one where you're supposed to actually consecrate and humble yourself. In other words, start the new year all right, living holy. Repent of your sins from the past, etc. And it just so happened that the Lord let us 
to do the fast in between that. It just so happened that the Lord gave that other man the dreams that I told you. And when the Lord, remember in the dream, he said he saw in the dream for September, the Lord said, call a solemn assembly. Just so happened. So the Lord is speaking to those who can hear several different ways so that we can all see that the Lord is saying the same thing several different ways. So it's more believable because you know how people, they'll stop in a second. Hey, so. The man who wrote the Harbinger, Jonathan Kahn, he has something called the return because what is going on right now is this very scenario. This month of September leading up to November is one of the most dangerous times in the United States. It will determine what happens and how fast it happens. I'm telling you. And now, I've never called out necessarily a party, but today I will. Because now the Lord has revealed to too many men how wicked the Democratic Party is. How wicked. Nobody getting dreams about Biden being president. Nobody. He not even getting dreams about being president. That man does not want to be president. They, they, they forced him to be president. You go back and look at the earlier days. He vowed, I am not running for president. That is it. What happened? They either use you as a pawn to get your assistant in. Who's Jezebel dark-skinned cousin? We already got the light-skinned cousin out. Sister Clinton. Not her dark-skinned cousin and showed up. I don't even know why I said something that crazy. <laughs> I mean, you know, wickedness come in all shades, colors, shapes, and sizes. Okay, and so there is a, uh, it's a. These are individuals that their job is to remove God out of everything. Most of y'all don't even know that Donald Trump asked for prayer to be put back in schools and for the Bible to be put back in schools. Well, you're gonna fight against that because. She looked like you. And of course, CNN is going to call her. It's funny, the game that they're playing. CNN calls her African-American when she's not. She's half Indian and half uh, Jamaican. And then Fox News, of course, is calling her Indian and Jamaican because they don't want people to think. Y'all know what I'm saying. It's just it's great. Everybody playing a little simple little race card when actually this is, is light against darkness. And I'm telling you. They're going to find themselves in a war that they ain't ready for if Donald Trump wins. <laughs> but I'm telling you, I'm geared up either way. I mean, there's a ghetto part of me that almost wants them to win so I can have something to fight against to a greater degree, but that's not right. That's when my, see, I say that type of stupid stuff when my wife is not here. Yeah, so. How many know? We win either way. So I don't care if y'all put Bugs Bunny. I don't care if Hitler rises from the dead and, and, and Hitler and Farrakhan become best friends and one of them president and vice president. I don't care. Okay? But there is a weeping that I have now. There's not a day that goes by that I'm not teary-eyed. You know why? Because the body of Christ is stuck on stupid. And that's the spirit-filled ones. We ain't got to the denomination. Some of the denominational churches got more sense than the ones who speak in tongues right now. 
I am appalled at the ignorance and the stupidity and the complete blindness. But again, things show up to show you a person's heart. Because everybody can preach. Everybody can preach. Everybody can throw on a conference. Everybody can put on a pretty suit and pose for social media. Put a deep quote that you stole from somebody else next to your name. Anybody can do that type of stuff. But can't anybody stand up against Godzilla? Got a whole army sitting out there underneath anointed king hiding from Goliath. And a boy watching sheep in the backyard. I'm sorry, I'm supposed to be letting y'all go. So, 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 because y'all, right now, the body of Christ has to come together. And you know they're not. I can't hardly find a way to come together with. They mad at me because I still kept the church open. But like I told a couple guys, I said, you might want to join me now. I said, because if I do it by myself, I said, like I told y'all, I said, and I told a guy this recently, I said, if I do it by myself, I said, I'm killing everybody. I'm just dead serious. Remember what I told y'all a few months ago? I said, I'm about to start a war with the good side and the bad side. Because unfortunately, your enemies are from the, bad, uh, from the good side. What did Jesus say? He said, you're going to end up fighting individuals in your same house. And sometimes I meant the household of God. The sons who are ignorant. The daughters who are blind. Those who are prideful, but have lost their doggone mind. Because they ain't nowhere clear. You're not... You actually believe Jesus would run the church through? I tell the guy this earlier. And I was just, I was being nice, but I don't hold back no more. And he was telling me about a ministry that he had. And, and he was like, you know, it's not really working. I'm trying to warn him, boom, boom. And, and he going, and I said, well, it's really simple. I said, I don't mean to be rude or anything. I said, but did the Lord tell you to do it? I said, anytime you do something that is not commanded, why would God finance it? I said, it's like God asks you to build a house and you add your own additions and then expect him to pay for it. And then I found out, oh, y'all not even connected to a local church. No wonder it's not working. You know, and people won't get offended. And he wasn't. He greatly appreciated it. But y'all, right now, everybody is disconnected. And it's like the body of Christ is waiting for the next superstar to show up they're not coming because this is the type of war where superstars go into hiding this is the type of store this is the type of one to bring out the ones that's been struggling they've just been looking for an opportunity to fight looking for their name to go down in eternal history his story not history Hist- you, know, you know what I'm saying I'm supposed to show you all this video Short video before I end up. <clears throat> Excuse me. All right, so that's something. He's the author of the book, The Harbinger. And so um, this is something that they're trying to pull everyone into. We were already into that mix. That's why we started last year. Last year was kind of like a teaser for us to jump into these things um, and build upon each one. Uh, you know, I shared all of that with you before I even knew about the book or anything else. And it's very, very important because... We are attempting something. Um, Again, in order for God to not tip this cup over, he will only stop this cup based on what we do. 
and we don't know how far this has to go, etc. There, these these are legal issues. This is not a God can change His mind. This is a you gotta reap what you sow. And the question is, okay, we delay it. What like our children got to inherit it? So this this is a very very dangerous game, and and uh, we have find ourselves in a very very unique position. Uh, when for you all that have read the Harbinger, let me tell you the part that's me, that messed me up out of many. That part where those people came came together and prayed and turned the Civil War, yeah, that messed me up. Yeah, the the, the most people don't know that the South was winning the war against the North, and as a group of believers that came together and they did what the Body of Christ is getting ready to do, and the next day the the, the war turned. It turned. It started by killing their Master General. And the war turned, and they said, had it not turned, that it would not be the United States today. Had it not turned, when Hitler rose to power, the United States would have not been in a position to... <laughs> These things have ripple effects, ripple effects. And again, I mean, in his book, he was bringing out one billion children have been aborted. Now, in the Bible, when one man got killed, God said... Hey, his blood is crying to me from the ground, asking for vengeance. And then in, in the Bible, it says that there was a famine in the land and it was so grievous that David went and sought the Lord. And the Lord said, well, you can't trace stuff like this. He said the famine in the land is a result of that group of people that saw killed. They were innocent. Small group of people. Okay. See, now you understand why the Bible says we are the salt of the earth. What are we holding back when one billion babies have been born? the most innocent to have not done anything one you realize how economies will be different at all those kids my wife told me when we were driving she said she said what did we miss out on who was supposed to be president who was supposed to invent something who was supposed to be another T.D. Jakes to her you know what I'm saying you you one billion people gone and God is just not supposed to do anything you just you just gonna sit up there and just just let it be, and nobody has to pay a price for that. No, I'm sorry. And and then and 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 see this is what I mean by see see for you all that are reading the Harbinger now you understand a little bit more what was going on when the President Trump was being inaugurated and he had five Holy Ghost pastors praying those type of prayers. Y'all didn't even realize they were canceling on things from the past already to get the thing in motion. Don't know. I know a couple of those guys. Okay, so it's very interesting. When she gets something in particular, or others get something, you know, because I, I want to be careful because I know that people are listening nowadays. They're looking for a reason to trip you up. But when certain movie stars die, certain sports figures, those are harbingers of themselves. I didn't mention any names. Sometimes the Lord, I'm gonna take your best, so maybe you'll think about your life. Yeah, and it's happening, but there's nobody gifted enough to show us these things. So as a result of it, it's just happenstance, and it's just, oh, I told my wife, when they lit up the White House with those rainbow colors for homosexuality, I knew on the inside something was wrong, but I didn't have the information. What does that mean? I didn't know about the other thing when they lit up, I guess, the Empire State Building with that, with that Indian goddess. I didn't know that that was a sign. This stuff is coming straight out the scripture, but the modern version of it, you got to see what the scripture says. You're like, oh, 
Yeah. And it's the scariest thing to see that the, the children of Israel march their way right over to the edge of a cliff. Then you come back over here and the United States is not only walking to the same cliff, but doing every single last one of the same signs that Israel did. You got these pastors that we ain't going off no cliff. Mm -hmm. You're right. Because as long as I'm here, I'm going to try to do my part to keep this sucker afloat. Because again, when corporate judgment hits, you might lose your job. You understand what I'm saying? One of my own daughters just had a dream. Shared it to me with today. She said, Daddy, had this dream. And based on the dream, the dream is showing that school's getting ready to close again. And my wife was like, I was just picking that up. See, I was just picking that up. Me, I'm just clueless. I'm like, well, that just means I don't have to take him to basketball and volleyball every single day. But, y'all, today is not the day for you to be insensitive. You need to be on point every day. You need to be paying attention. What is this? Okay. So, again, I'll close by saying this. Some type of way, some type of how, you are going to be attacked over these next two months. It might be small and it might be big. You might notice all of it and you might notice none of it. But they're going to find a way to bring some type of frustration, some type of slowdown, some type of mow down. Some family member is going to act a fool. Your dog is going to start barking even though he ain't said nothing in the last five years. Your cat is going to start acting like a duck. Something is going to happen to get your attention. For the, and, 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 you'll, and watch this. For some of you, you know how you can tell it's the devil? You just, you'll find yourself chasing a bunch of stuff throughout the entire day. Because they can't let you know it's them. You just find yourself chasing something, chasing. And you get to the end of your day, and now you want to pray, but you do tired. They are masters at that stuff, y'all. I'm telling you. The craziest thing is when I know that they're doing it and still can't seem to stop it. Because they're like, okay, the war is on. We got to make sure that they don't start draining this cup. Because the more prayers, the more they're going to drain this cup. Now, the cup is eventually going to get filled. But what we do will determine if it's going to get filled now or if it's going to get filled later. I don't know. I don't know the future. I know one thing. We win. And I'm excited because apparently he keeps on revealing the future to us. So as long as we stay in his wheel, the wheels will keep turning in our household. Let's go ahead and stand. If you're not right with God, this is a terrible time for you. You know, my wife was telling me today, she said, I can only imagine some of the church folk right now because they don't get this. They don't know this. You know what I'm saying? You know, and, and I told my wife, it's a, some things are beyond sobering because I'm looking at my life today and it's because I accepted certain things yesterday. I don't accept those things yesterday and I'm the main one talking about him. That's a very dangerous thing. So, and my wife was just talking about how just grateful she was. Just 
we ain't talking about being a minister. Minister's coming down, does it? She said, I am beyond grateful. She said, to be in the know and the now. And and I'm concerned, but I don't have to be afraid. I know I'm, you know, and that's the thing. You know, do y'all know everything that I everything that I thought I was disqualified for is the stuff the Lord qualified me for. I never thought what I put on the cutting edge of the end time stuff. I mean, none of that. I mean, just everything I'm doing, I just didn't think. Because people, you know, people suck your life out of you. You know, but that, y'all, that, I'm, when I tell you, that is a blessing to be in the end time, on the front end of the end time, affecting the end time. When the Lord of the end time is telling us what to do during the end time, before the end time stuff starts. No, you're not going to catch me at the nightclub. No place. If I'm at the gas station, where's the water? I won't even go towards the aisle that got Mad Dog 2020. You know what I'm saying? I'm just, uh-uh, not today. Uh-uh, this is today, y'all. This thing could wrap up any moment. Any moment. Any moment. I mean, just like that. Bam, we in heaven. Boom. What happened? Oh, dang, it's over. Are you just... So it's exciting. I mean, for me. I love this stuff. I mean, I absolutely love being on the cutting edge of this stuff. So good. stay close, folks. Stay close. We're going to do our best to try to keep you protected in many different ways, but we don't know what's coming. And just, I'm sorry. I don't mean to keep talking, but I had to come to a conclusion that if the chosen people of God were affected by this, the ones that God, the race that God chose, the ones we read about in the Old Testament, they went through this drama. So, if there's a way for us to change anything, do anything, you know, we need to do that. I forgot all about Pope this month. There's so much stuff going on, y'all. They're having a meeting this month. I think it's this week. I think it's the 14th. They're going to be merging all the religions together. Pope, yeah. I ain't ready to say that, but I'm saying what Sadhu said. I'm repeating what he said. Sadhu said that he said the Pope is the Antichrist. And I'm sorry. He said he's the false prophet. He said the guy I'm telling you, he said the guy's the false prophet. He said the Lord told me he's the false prophet. And then I have to realize, nowhere, nowhere in scripture did God say he wouldn't tell you who the false prophet was. It's a lot of things that I'm having to let go of as well as, you know what I'm saying? I mean, in scripture, God revealed who the false was to everybody. The only thing he told Daniel is, he said, this part is not for you. He said, so we're going to put a time lock on this. But he said, we're going to open it for the ones that it's for. And religion has tricked us out of our relationship with our Heavenly Father. And we believe that God won't tell us anything. He'll tell you everything if you receive it. So let's lift our hands. Father, in Jesus' name, we give you thanks. Thank you, O Lord God, for this hour. Not an hour of failure, but an hour of power. A demonstration, O Lord God, of who you really are. Help us to use up our lives and exert and exhaust all of our energy for the kingdom of light's sake. Thank you, Lord God. Empower us to pray. Empower us to witness. Empower us to mature. Empower us, O Lord God, for victory in these last days. We pray, O oh Lord God, that in this place, as multitudes come in, as we go into the streets now, pray, O oh Lord God, that you would release higher sounds of heaven. 
let this be a place, O Lord God, where when people close their eyes, they don't know if they have gone up or if they are still on planet Earth. Let this be a place, O Lord God, where heaven reigns and heaven rules. Thank you, O Lord God, for allowing us to be here. Thank you for keeping us all the way into the end. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Thank you, O Lord God. Hallelujah. Thank him for a moment. There are great times going for us. Thank you, O Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I understand what Paul said. He said, with increased joy comes increased sorrow. I can be joyous over my household and sorrowful for the other one. But that's the name of the game. And that's how it's going to go. There ain't nothing you're going to do to change what Jesus said. Just be glad that you're part of the few. And not just part of the few. Try to be a part of the few of the few. Because you have the few, but I want to be that upper echelon of the few. I want to be that part of the few that, that rules and reigns with Christ for real and not just make it to heaven. I want to be that one because I don't, I don't want to get up there and then I can't change it. And then I can't get that right there because I have stepped. So I'm just talking, y'all. I'm just, um, let me just let y'all go. You're going to get used to this. So. Again, we're going to start this. I'm going to let you know we're going to do some extra praying here. And we're going to have some, you know, some services here in the future. We're on Saturdays. We'll open up early. You just come and it's going to be a pool and just, and we're going to do some stuff. And do our best to keep y'all safe. Do our best. All right. That's it. Go ahead and give somebody a hug. Tell them that you love them. Thank you, Father.